a very patriotic start to the show today. Veterans Day episode. Mm-hmm. Tony G Show has to say thank you to the veterans today. Of course. Grandpa, Grandpa Frank was a veteran. A couple people on my side too. Okay. So a lot of yeah. people. It's a it's a huge thing. Had to had to say thank you to the veterans on this Veterans yeah. Day episode. Thank you for it's your something service. Something we've never done before. I don't know if we've just never had a show. I don't think we have on a patriotic holiday like Veterans Day today. Because we would have. Absolutely. Yeah. So I, I, this might be our first. Then. It might be our first, but you know what? Long overdue. Mm-hmm. Thank you to the veterans. Very Veterans Day episode. Very patriotic episode. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to get into it today. We have a good episode planned. Uh, before we get into today, have to advertise the Gary Gresh interview that dropped yesterday on the Tony G Show. If you haven't listened to that, go listen to it. Great. It's a great episode. Great interview. It's Especially fun. the question where I ask about Will and I, the golf game that we mm-hmm. have. And he just praises my ability. <laughs> yeah, that's what he does. Oh, I didn't know that. I made the joke <laughs> about you in the show. Uh-huh. I asked, one of the questions I asked Coach Gresh was, what's your policy on taking a three? Can anybody do it? Can, you know, would you prefer, what's your policy on taking shots? Mm-hmm. And he goes, well, it depends who it is. And I say, so Will McCormick, if he's going to pull up and take a three, you're going to go, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I did I remember that. <laughs> that was funny. And uh, Gresh didn't really say anything about it. We he all didn't. just kind of laughed. And then he got into his answer. <laughs> so so uh, I think that's where he stands on you, Will. Yeah. Um, either way, that was a great episode yesterday. It's fun. Yeah, that was fun. That is out. Olivia DeClean comes out next Wednesday. That interview, that'll be great. Can't mm-hmm. wait to interview her. She has a lot of experience from SNC basketball. Can't wait to talk with her. And then, of course, the Thanksgiving episode with Jason Fonder. Jason and I have been texting for the last couple of days for various reasons, the show being one of them. So uh, we we are both excited to bring him back on the show. Haven't talked to Jason in a while. No. It's been a very busy semester. I just haven't. Uh, his son and friend of the show, Sam Fonder, has uh, moved away for college, going to graduate school. Wish him the best of luck, too. But, that I mean, just I just don't see Jason regularly anymore. Mm-hmm. So uh, it'll be good to get him back on the show and say hi to him. Probably be a short 20-minute episode or something. <laughs> so No. No, it'll be a long one. It'll be a long one. Always. And that's what we want, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is just genuine, natural conversation. It's fun. I, don't, I, I have to do, like, no prep for it. No. Like, I just have topics of what we want to talk about, and mm-hmm. then, like, Jason, just with his knowledge and perspective... Carries the episode. It'll be our first one in person in a long time. Yeah, it will be. Last year, we had to do Zoom every time we had Jason on. Which was not nearly as fun. No, it wasn't. Getting Jason in the studio. I mean, he makes fun of the Studio 2 SNC Radio studio that we use and whatever. I I have have to get a gift for him. Yeah, yeah. Because last time you gave him the water joint, he kind of like... <laughs> the face, because you love the water, Joe. I don't know. You don't. Love I haven't it had it. I haven't had it in a long time. It's not that you don't love water. No, Joe, I just, just don't. That, we don't have. We're not in studio. Okay. And it was right below the studio, so I'd always get one before the show. But mm-hmm. now it's. And then Jason would just make fun of it right mm-hmm. to your mug, right to your face. Mm-hmm. We'll we'll have to yeah we'll yeah. have to do a little throwback there with the water, Joe. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, Jason Fighter coming up. We are excited for that one. Today's show. 18th episode of season seven. The first segment is a throwback segment almost, a deja vu segment to season five. If you remember, every season in the NFL season, I do my halfway picks of coach of the year, MVP, or whatever. Today is just going to be MVP, and I will make the case for the MVP this year, who at this point last year in season five, I made the case for being MVP last season. In, in the season of 2020 in the NFL. So 
throughout all of it, it's going to be the same player for back-to-back years. So it'll be interesting. If you remember, if you recall from Season 5, it'll be the same player. So I look very, I very much look forward to getting into that first segment. Segment number two, we're going to go back to baseball. And I said this on Tuesday. This, must, this may be the last time we cover baseball this season until we get into until, – until it starts to get rolling. What? In, <laughs> in season eight. <laughs> Come on, Tony. Whatever, Will. It will be, though. And, you know, I'm going to tell you – in this segment, what Major League Baseball, as an organization, as a league, has done a horrible job with. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put Major League Baseball on blast, which is something I've done a lot of in the past. I'm very unhappy with yeah. the landscape of Major League Baseball and the way they do things. So that'll be segment number two. Segment number three, Tony G's picks of week 10. Coming in on a hot streak. Won 12 of my last 13. Let's keep it going. Let's keep it going. I look forward to that. You know what? Let's skip through the first two segments and just do that because I'm just so excited and so amped. No, I got to put MLB on blast, and I have to make the case for the MVP of the NFL season halfway through going into week 10. Teams have played eight or nine games depending on bye weeks. So that's today's episode. Any further words, Will? No, let's get into it. Okay, let's do it. Season 7, episode 18, Tony G Show. You're listening to The Tony G Show, now in its seventh season. Subscribe to the show now on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Follow the show on Twitter at Willis5312 and at Tony G Nation. Also on Instagram at Tony G Ordana. Now, along with Will McCormick, here's the host, Tony G. Week 10 in the NFL is coming up this weekend. And at this point last year, it was more like week eight, week nine after the trade deadline. There was only 16 games last year compared to the 17 in the NFL season this year. And last year when I made the case for an MVP award winner halfway through the season, it was the same player who I will be mentioning today as the MVP halfway through the season. And it's not just MVP halfway through the season who won the first eight, nine games of the season as an MVP. It's going to be a case for who will be the MVP at the end of the season. And again, it's the same player this year in today's episode as it was about a year ago in season five, two seasons ago for the Tony G Show. My MVP halfway through the season, who will be the MVP at the end of the season? A lot of people, I I did a lot of research. I did a lot of numbers. I even got out the calculator, crunched my own numbers. Tony G does his homework. And especially for this segment, I did. A lot of opinions out there in the sports world today are saying Tom Brady Cases are being made for Aaron Rodgers even. Stafford probably. Stafford is probably in the mentions too. Cases. This case would be made. I'll say it right now. I would be making the case for Derrick Henry if he was not injured. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, he'd be in the conversation for sure. And it's so terrible that he had to get injured in the year that he was having. This is a guy who's been offensive player of the year, commanding grasp as one of the as the best running back in all of football year after year. And yet was having the best year of his career. This season, he was primed to win the MVP, finally win an award that is quarterback dominated, and he gets injured. It's such a shame that he got injured this season out of all seasons. I mean, of course, you never want to see him get injured. Right. But if you had to pick one, it would not be the year that he was running away with the MVP award. He's injured. He's going to miss substantial time, a more than just a handful of games. So he probably will not win the MVP this season. So who does that leave it up to? And Will, Will McCormick, I'm going to go with a man who is the quarterback 
of a 7-1 and team, a team that started 7-0 and in a division that is only getting better, in a division that is very tough, one of the best divisions in football, give or take a few injuries, the player I'm going to go with, MVP halfway through the season, through the first eight, nine games, and will be the MVP at the end of the season, Kyler Murray. It's an interesting choice. I think so, too. And I made this argument, like I said, last year. Around this same point last year, I said Kyler Murray was going to be the MVP. And here we are, same point, a year later, and I'm saying Kyler Murray's going to be the MVP. Murray didn't win it last year. I say he's going to win it this year. He's having a great year. He he's is. having a great he's... year, and we'll dive into it. Yeah. But just off the cusp of this argument, Murray, I mean, third year in the NFL, and he is starting to submit his resume for being an elite quarterback. I'm not saying he's there yet. Right. But I'm saying he's submitting a resume, mm-hmm. and it's he's looking building. pretty good. The reason I'm not going Josh Allen, too, that was another name that was being thrown out there, is because there's a few losses for the Buffalo Bills that don't impress me. Yeah, like The one in Pittsburgh at the start of the year was one that really got me. I, it wasn't even in Pittsburgh. It was in Buffalo, and Pittsburgh, with one of the worst offenses in the league, came into Buffalo and won. And, and last week they lost 9-6 to six against the, the um, Jaguars. The Jags. So that, to Those me, that t- kind of... Yeah. Yeah, you, take exactly. Right you see what I'm saying, though. You see, like, that's where I'm coming from. Mm-hmm. You win those games. MVPs win those games, right? So when, all the three years that Aaron Rodgers won MVP, he won those games. Peyton Manning, when he won his MVPs, won those types of games. Josh Allen will win an MVP at some point in his career. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be this year with the games no. he's lost. I'm a little skeptic of this decision. Or not okay. this decision, but Kyler in general. But I want to hear your argument for him because I do – I want to have a discussion about it. Sure, so. absolutely. I'll give the stats. I'll give why he should be, and then we'll we'll open it up for discussion and talk about it. I also want to mention, before we get into stats, all the nuts and bolts of why he should be the MVP, I mentioned last year that I really liked how he carried himself off the field and in press conferences and on sidelines. I do have to retract that. I think he still has some immaturities within his game, within his personality, within his characteristics. He's a sore loser. If they lose a game, he's not good on the podium. He's not good in the auditorium talking to the press after the game, after a loss. So he, he shows frustrations at a level that elite quarterbacks don't. Mm-hmm. So in order for him to really submit his, his legacy as an elite quarterback, he has to continue to play like this and even improve some facets of his game. But he also has to improve the off-field issues as well. Something that there was a lot of debate a few years ago, was Cam Newton elite. Yeah. He took his Panther team to a Super Bowl, lost it, and was just a complete joke mm-hmm. in the press conference afterwards. And so a lot of people debated whether he was elite or not. In order to be elite, you have to have both on-field and off-field capabilities that yeah. impress at a level that no other quarterback can. Right, like there's no stat for your off-field play, but it's exactly. certainly going to affect your PR. Press conference is missed. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, it's... Helmet slammed? Right, <laughs> right. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, though. Yeah, like, it's, it's, just not, it's not part of an elite quarterback. You're not going to be a crowd favorite. You might, be a, you might you know, statistically be an elite quarterback, but sure. yep. in terms of like fan favorites, it's, it's harder to have that kind of weight to your argument. There is a public relations dynamic to being yeah. elite. Well, and once again, before we get into these stats, who's closer to being qualified as an elite quarterback, Josh Allen or Kyler Murray? Well, Josh Allen, he's better off the field. True. He's probably slightly better on the field, too, but they're pretty close. Yeah. Kyler Murray still has some off-field issues, still has some attitude and behavioral issues to work out in order for him to really submit a legacy of being elite. Elite or not, in or out of the question, my MVP this season is going to be Kyler Murray. Here are some stats. Remember, when I the, the important reason that I keep alluding back to last year's episode, 
is because I'm going to compare his stats to the first eight games this season, last season. This season, 72.7 completion percentage. Very good. 17 touchdowns, 7 interceptions, over 2,200 yards, a passer rating of 110.4. Stats through 8 games last year when I made this argument. 67.3 completion percentage, 16 touchdowns, 7 interceptions, just over 2,100 yards, and a passer rating of 100.9. So he's putting up better numbers this year than he was last year when I made this same argument. For context, he's only getting better. He gets better from week to week to week. He gets better from year to year to year. This is his third season, and he's already starting to supplement resumes of being elite and an MVP award winner. He's starting to knock on the door if this Arizona Cardinal team continues to win. He's also starting to knock on the door of a playoff berth, which is something the Arizona Cardinals have not been able to put together in the last few seasons. And again, it plays into the fact that it's one of the most, if not the most, competitive division in the National Football League. And the Arizona Cardinals are finding that point, that turning point, to really making themselves a competitive team, not just in the division, not just against bad teams, but are starting to compete against really good teams. Kyler Murray almost beat Aaron Rodgers. But he didn't. But, but he didn't. This isn't one of those arguments. Don't get after me like the Joe Burrow-Aaron Rodgers thing, all right? Well. But it, sh- okay. it goes to show Kyler Murray's really started to compete with some of the best quarterbacks in the world, mm-hmm. in the league, in the world. Threw the game away, literally. Was it him or was that A.J. Green? Mm. If we're being honest. A little bit of both. No, it wasn't. Yeah. That was all A.J. Green at a the end of that of game. A little bit of both. If he runs his route, then that never happens. That's the true. The throw was right where it needed to be. That yeah. was an A.J. Green thing. You can't tell me that's Kyler Murray. That one interception is not Kyler Murray. That's A.J. Green. It still counts for Kyler Murray. Yes. But that interception was on A.J. Green. He turns. So, instead of he blocked. Will, he went in and blocked in the end zone so, when he had a route to run. So statistically speaking, it's Kyler's fault. Sometimes I just want to, you know. <laughs> no, I'm just. I'm pushing no, you're the right, though. I'm you're right. The stack goes to him. Yeah. Seven interceptions through eight games this year, same as last year. And that was the argument I was going to make is how would his, this argument be different if they beat Green Bay in that game? Because to me, then it would have more. It'd be like, yeah, that I could see this actually being realistic. But l- like losing a big game like that, to me, that MVPs win those games. Yeah. It, and he almost you know, did too. You're right. right. He How almost does the did. narratives change? He almost did. It, and and I do agree that that ninety five percent of that play was not Kyler Murray's fault. That was AJ yeah. Green not turning around. So who are the quarterbacks that Kyler Murray's beat so far this season? Just in terms of that narrative, mm-hmm. he's beaten Kirk Cousins. He's beaten Trevor Lawrence. Not the most impressive start, but then he's beaten Matthew Stafford. He's beaten Jimmy Garoppolo twice. He's beaten Baker Mayfield, who. I argued for last mm-hmm. week's episode, almost beat Aaron Rodgers. He started, like I'm saying, he's starting to compete with some high-level quarterbacks in this league. Starting to. Starting to, absolutely. And I think I think this season, the counter-arguments for him not being MVP are just not that strong. If, if Derrick Henry were healthy, then I'd say, you know what? Kyler Murray, this is not his year for an MVP. Josh Allen, he's not beating bad quarterbacks like Kyler Murray is, like Kyler Murray has, and like he probably will continue to do so, then why would Josh Allen get it over Kyler Murray? You see what I'm saying? I just I feel like seven interceptions on or seventeen touchdowns on seven interceptions is like not that impressive. Yeah. And the fact that he lost the biggest game of the season so far, and granted there's a lot of the season left where oh, yeah. you know, less than half of the yeah. way done, or about half. 
um, that's a big loss. Like that hurts. It is. They win yeah. that game. He's far and above the leader, but statistically, he's not the best performing quarterback at this point. But he might be one of the more dominant ones. So it's kind of like that. You're right. It, this seven interceptions is tied for. Oh, what is that? Uh, I think it's tied for eleventh least amount of interceptions this year. So he's right middle of the pack with the mm-hmm. turnover numbers. Yeah. Another argument that I want to make for the case for Kyler Murray is that Kyler is starting to become a smarter qu- – he's a quick learner. He is a very fast mm-hmm. learner, one of the fastest learning quarterbacks in all of the National Football League. Third year in the NFL. Right. And here's a statistic or a set of statistics that really tell that story and pound that narrative home that he's getting better, only getting better year to year, and especially in what I call his MVP season this year. 147 rushing yards on 49 rushes this year. Three touchdowns, 51 yards per game. Last year, at this point through eight games, 543 yards on 76 rushes, eight touchdowns, and just about 68 yards per game. So you're going to ask the question, Tone, here's the thing, man. Those are worse numbers. Like those are statistically very Low numbers compared to last year through mm-hmm. eight games. I mean, those are both rushing statistics through the first eight games of a season for Kyler Murray. So what are you saying? He's getting better. He's running the ball a lot less. That's not a mark of him not being a better rusher, not being a better overall quarterback. That's a mark of him starting to show some trust in himself and the team and his teammates. He's starting to give the ball up more. He's starting to trust routes. He's starting to trust timing. He's starting to trust rhythm. He's not this rookie or sophomore quarterback in the National Football League anymore who feels the pressure of having to put everything on his shoulders. He's starting to take himself out of that element to the point where he can be the best quarterback that he can be. He's not having to run the ball every single time anymore. He's trusting his offensive line. He's trusting the timing of the offense. He's trusting the way things develop. He's trusting Cliff Kingsbury. And not to mention, like I did mention, he's trusting Kyler Murray. He's starting to get smarter. He's starting to show more patience, more awareness, more situational knowledge. He just has the game smarts now in his third year that he is only getting better. He is only improving. Mm -hmm. So people talk about Josh Allen. He's going to win an MVP someday. How about Kyler Murray? How about we start showing some love to Kyler? Again, he has off-field issues to fix. But on-field, this kid is special. And people are starting to notice it, but they're not catching on as quickly as they are at Josh Allen because Josh Allen's been to the postseason. He's got an amazing head coach and Sean McDermott that's doing a great job in Buffalo to the job that to to the note that Cliff Kingsbury may not have been doing just yet in Arizona but starting to with the 7 and 1 start to the season almost 8 and 0 heading into a bye week hey i mean this is a team to start taking note of Kyler Murray is starting to switch that page switch that narrative again he's has some things to clean up but now we can open it up to elaboration here will and you can get towards a counter argument against me but well, There's my argument. Kyler Murray's getting better from year to year. If he doesn't win it this year, he will win it soon. I say he wins it this year. And I, I, I'm not you know, disagreeing. I think it's a certain possibility that he could win it. I think points of interest in terms of stats comparing this year to last year, the nearly 10-point increase in quarterback rating you know, through eight games yeah. last year is at 100.9. This year he's at 110.4. Mm-hmm. That's a significant mark. Yeah, That's a lot better. Yeah, And that's probably mostly to do with the you know, increased completion percentage at nearly seven seventy three 73% now. And um, last year through eight games, it was at 67%. So that's, 
that's a significant increase. And these are definitely telling statistics. Go yeah, ahead. and I think to me, I really just I know it. This you know sounds like a I don't know illegitimate argument, but I think losing that Green Bay game, had they won that, it would they would have launched the Cardinals and Kyler Murray into like this new like this just much higher level than they you know than either of us could realize and I think that he would have been undisputed leader for the MVP discussion but I think right now that that game puts it up in the air I do think that's a invalid argument because they almost won that game I get they didn't right and I get you know like Friend of the show, I said this on Tuesday. He's been getting a lot of mentions on the show. All three episodes this week, he'll get a mention. Of course, Shishelchik always tells me, good friend of mine around campus always tells me, there's no philosophical victories. There's no moral wins. So he'd be on my side, though. If you lose, you lose. I'm not saying that, though. I'm not saying he won. I'm saying he almost won, and that shows me that that 7-1 start compared to 8-0 start is irrelevant towards Kyler Murray. Just irrelevant towards See, his MVP case. Like, had he have thrown a touchdown on that last drive, he'd be sitting at 18 touchdowns, 6 interceptions, which is much better than 17 touchdowns, 7 interceptions. I know that's like, it's literally one difference on each side, but... Literally. In that, if that were the case, I'd be like, yeah, he's, you know, in the running, but... I really don't think a, a quarterback with seven interceptions can win MVP, at least right now. And although he does have three rushing touchdowns, so that's yeah. you can't discount that either. Well, not to mention that the decrease in the the rushing numbers from last year, mm-hmm. I say go to a, a point of his mental capabilities as a quarterback in the game, live once he sees it at game speed. His game speed overall is what I'm talking about. But it's also... Like, three rushing touchdowns is very good for a quarterback. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone's getting so used to Lamar Jackson and right. Kyler Murray and Josh Allen, Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes. Everyone's getting used to these rushing quarterbacks. That's a mark of a great quarterback, sure. I mean, that that's certainly something that helps the case. But you don't need that in order to be – Tom Brady doesn't rush for 15 touchdowns every – you know, the Peyton Manning didn't do that. Mm-hmm. You don't need that in order to be a, a good – quarterback in order to win an MVP and three rushing touchdowns is still impressive oh yeah not to mention what did I say he's averaging per game 51 yards per game I mean come on per game Dak Prescott's not doing that. Aaron Rodgers isn't doing that Kirk Cousins isn't doing that Derek Carr's not doing that 51 rush yards per game as a quarterback it's yeah, still impressive that, that is a lot that is a lot you can't I mean that's good for a running back second string running back <laughs> you're not wrong That'll get you more playing time. Yeah. Absolutely will. One thing I want to ask you about, he's still on his rookie deal. You know, third year of a four-year contract. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, so he's getting paid $850,000 for this year, which is kind of crazy for the level of play he's producing. He's going to get paid. His next year will be 965000 and then he'll be up for a new deal if he resigns with the Cardinals, which will probably be a lot of money. So do you think his gap... You know, for the Cardinals to win, we've said this a million times, but a young quarterback is probably the most beneficial to a team because they're cheap. At least I've said that a thousand times. Okay. Do you yeah. think his gap is closing to win an MVP early in his career? Because no, no you think you think even if he resigns a contract, say he doesn't get it in the next two years. Yeah. You're thinking, you know, twenty twenty three, twenty twenty four, he could still win one. Absolutely. With, with a slightly worse team. It's like that argument I made where. 
He's only getting better from year to year. Right. He's going to continue to improve. He's going to see the speed differently. He's going to trust his offense more. Once he starts to get tools implemented like he has, DeAndre Hopkins, you know, Trish, Christian Kirk, once he starts to get these tools implemented and more, and he has more trust in them, he has more years under mm-hmm. his belt, he's only going to continue to improve. He's like, so young that this game speed will only come to him at a better rate. Right. Like you're saying the trajectory of his growth, Oh yeah. if it continues down this path, you kind of see him not really needing a team. You, you, you see him being like an Aaron Rodgers where he can play to the level of an MVP caliber with a team that you know can't afford certain players because of the contract he has. Is that I what don't you're know saying? about. You know, it's tough to say because I don't know how high he's going to get paid. I don't know what the threshold is right. for Kyler Murray. I know what it is for an Aaron Rodgers. I know what it is for Tom Brady. They're going to get $30, $40 million a year mm-hmm. to play the quarterback position. I don't know what the threshold is for Kyler Murray at this point. Again, just his third year. But I say it's only going to be just around that high. I, I don't know that it's going to cost the team so much they can't implement tools around him. Yeah, obviously. But I think there's going to be a high number that he's going to ask for, and he rightfully will deserve it. I see he'll stay in Arizona. Arizona's going to want to pay him. Yeah. You're not going to want to pay a running back position. You're not going to have to pay. You know, they are going to pay him to stay in Arizona. Kyler Murray's going to be a, a Cardinal for the next decade. It'll certainly be more than 965 k which to me is just <laughs> absolutely that blows my mind. You know, the, I mean, the value they get out of that money. Yeah, yep. So, I, you know, I think these next two years are probably, at least in my opinion, the best chance he has at winning one. I'm not saying he won't win one after his rookie deal, yeah. but this will be the better teams that he plays with. And the thing is, Cliff King, Kingsbury is only getting better too, right? Right. I mean, he's only starting to get more years under his belt. He's only starting to get more experience coaching at this level, coming from college. He's only getting better as a coach. He's only getting better as someone who can coach the young Kyler Murray, can coach the talent of a DeAndre Hopkins or a J.J. Watt. You know, he's only getting better as a head coach, too. So that's he's going to draw things up for his quarterback that he's going to have for the next decade. Cardinals are going to build around Kyler Murray like they should. Kyler Murray's going to get paid at the right time. Like I said, I like to carry myself with professionalism when I have to, of course. <laughs> Stop laughing. I have to... Compare Kyler Murray to the idea that he has to start growing up. You know, it's just it's just what has to happen. Right. You have to and he's not he hasn't blown up like he has last year, press conferences where he's been all salty and been frowning and been pouting and, and been blaming other teammates or you know, showing the certain body language of someone who's not a leader on the sideline. He's he hasn't had any events like that or occurrences where he where someone's been like you know he has to calm down he has to do a better job he's been fine this year there are still triggers i think though if he loses a game you know he wasn't too happy after the the packer loss with aj green Mm -hmm. and he showed it there are certain things you can say or do better that you know compared to russell wilson a lot of people say he's almost quote cringy compared to you know from from twitter but he is the leader like he he does not think in a negative way he is not pessimistic. He is not negative. He is always positive, upbeat, and building up teammates. Yeah. That, to me, is the ideal leader. Well, it's like to say, you know, do you think Giannis wins his first MVP without being the character that he is or has the, that, that amount of support? Granted, he had a, an incredible season that year, but the amount of support he had from NBA fans in general. Oh, sure. Like, that only helps. 
You know, they're going to want it. Like, it, do, it certainly doesn't work against. Yeah. Exactly. And I'm just, I'm only adding to your argument. I, I feel yeah. like somebody that fans get behind is somebody that goes, in the in the case of losing to Green Bay, yeah, that was a tough loss. And, you know, that was a miscommunication on our part. That's a, that's a team thing. You know, yeah. you don't want to, it's just, or, or, or like, just be a good, you know, it, like you said, just don't be a pessimist. You can say that that wasn't good. Yeah. But to like cast like, sh- like judgment and like negativity and obviously there's no stat for that we yeah. can't you know that's not gonna that's probably not gonna factor into the mvp choice too much but it certainly doesn't help well a few things there is that you know again he didn't say anything that was too overarching like oh come on Kyler. right right but then again he wasn't like you know we have a lot to build off of off of this loss where you know we're a young team we're a good team we're We've finally had our losing or our winning streak snapped. We're now seven and one instead of being eight and zero. But we have a lot to build off. We just competed with one of the best teams in the league. We competed with one of the, one of the best quarterbacks in the league. One of the, the best wide receiver in the league. A good defense. A great offensive line. We competed with them. We have a lot to build off of. And you know, like I'm saying, there's a lot to build off of in years coming for Kyler Murray and the Cardinals and Cliff Kingsbury. But this year, especially taking a look at their schedule moving forward. Cardinals play uh, the Panthers, Seahawks, Bears. Then they get the Rams again, Lions, Colts. Then they get the Cowboys. That's, that'll be a test. Seahawks. They have a nice schedule moving forward. They've got they're some easy wins three games there. this year. Yeah, they've got easy wins built in there. So you could play the card of being battle-tested and playing hard teams or, or not doing that. But point being is they're going to continue to win games. Kyler Murray's going to continue to put up stats. Mm-hmm. He's going to be my MVP this year. I'll humbly disagree. You love disagreeing. <laughs> Segment number one in the books. Good discussion about Kyler Murray and the MVP talk. Let us know what you think at Tony G Nation on Twitter, at Willis5312 on Twitter. Let us know what you think. Follow the show, subscribe, all that good stuff. Tony G Show. Let us know what you think. Who's going to be the MVP this year? Segment number two, we're going to switch to baseball. And like I said, I'm going to put Major League Baseball on absolute blast i said that in the introduction to the show in the open i said mlb is going to get a mouthful from me like they have numerous times before i said in the onset of this season april it was an episode where will mccormick was out in season six and the episode was entitled opening say it was in april on opening day and i talked about how rob manfred really has to show to me that he is trying to switch the game for the better. There's a lot of things I have to see Major League Baseball do better than they have before because they are slipping in a lot of facets, and they're decreasing in ratings, they're decreasing in fan bases, and it's only boating bad for Major League Baseball. And here's another thing they do terribly, Will. There's no league worse at public relations, at PR, than Major <laughs> League Baseball. There's just not. There just isn't. And here's why I say that. Major League Baseball awards are being released this month, this late in the year, still. And they do it in increments. I don't, I don't get that. <laughs> I don't understand it. It's halfway through November. Nobody's thinking about baseball. Nobody. It's all football now. Basketball is starting up. College basketball just kicked off earlier this week. Nobody is thinking about baseball. You're trying to compete in a market that doesn't give you attention now. Releasing these awards this late is just it's blasphemous. It is I cannot believe it. 
They released the gold. <laughs> here's, here's the thing that just makes me mad. They released the gold glove winners on Sunday, November 7th. Did you hear what I said? Mm-hmm. Sunday. <laughs> what is every sports fan doing on Sunday? Football. Watching football. Who is paying attention to you releasing the Gold Glove Award winners? Right. Especially after the World Series. Yes. All these awards are from the regular season. So does it matter if you release them halfway through October? No. Okay, a couple things they do wrong here is wait this late, that's one, but then mm-hmm. do it in increments, that's another. That's so weird. I don't get it. NFL, and I'm going to compare a lot to NFL and, M- and NBA uh, throughout the course of this argument. NFL, the day before the Super Bowl, Saturday night, is their award ceremony. They spend two, three hours, get everybody around when they can, you know, not, not to mention COVID, mm-hmm. and they have like an award ceremony, an award show, and they go through all the awards, regular season awards, in one night. Major League Baseball stretches it out for two weeks. <laughs> huh? Okay, so it starts on Sunday, November 7th, Gold Glove Award winners. The next award that was released was last night. What were you doing Monday and Tuesday? How about Wednesday night, let's release the Reliever of the Year awards. Okay. Liam Hendricks, Josh Hader. Now let's wait until tonight, November, uh, Thursday, November 11th, to release the Silver Slugger Award winners. So then let's wait till next Monday, the 15th, to release the Rookie of the Year, the 16th for the Manager of the Year, the 17th for the Cy Young, the 18th for the MVP, and then let's wait till the Tuesday before Thanksgiving, the 23rd, to release the All-MLB team. Why are you stretching it out for two weeks? It's one thing to do it in November, but it's another thing to have it last for two weeks. Nobody is paying attention to you. Nobody. Do they do a ceremony, like, televised for each one of these, or is it just Twitter post? It's pretty much social media posts. The Gold Glove, they go to ESPN, and I think most of them, they go on ESPN, Baseball Tonight, or whatever they do. Nobody knows because no one's watching. Everyone's watching right. football or something that's more relevant to the month of November than baseball. Just, it, it's completely, but you know what they should do, Will? is they should release all these winners, all these awards, every single one of them during the World Series, I say before Game 1. Because then that'll build up anticipation leading into Game 1. It'll build up anticipation for the rest of the World Series. It'll bring everybody's attention and mind to Major League Baseball. Doing it in November for three weeks is just irrelevant. It's just terrible. I do it on a Saturday. And game 1 on a Saturday, by the way. I don't want to forget to mention that. Not on a Sunday when football is being played. Yeah. Well... Also, why would they not want to make it like a ceremony televised? I don't know. Maybe they don't think enough people would watch to make it. NBA like, does that. But that's what I'm saying. NFL does that. I don't, I, don't, I don't know. I don't have the answer. Like It's very out of character for an organization like MLB to not go for that like you know additional money they could pull from that. And here's the thing. That's a great point, Will, because award shows... Should be easy ratings, should yeah. be easy attention, should mm-hmm. be easy money. Easy. I that's mean, like you sell tickets to that, that's... That's like a free lunch. I mean, that is profit. That is exactly <laughs> what that is, is a free lunch. Like, that is free PR. And you're not... You're stretching it out for three weeks. Right. That has to stop. NFL, like I said, does it the night before the Super Bowl. You know, here's the thing, though. Well, it's not just awards. It's not just, let's stretch out, let's release the Silver Sluggers on... Thursday, November 11th. It's not just that. It's overall PR with the fans. They're, they're, 
relationship with fans is frayed. Their communication is flawed and outdated. NBA commit. I, I got an email a few weeks ago, about a month ago. I got an email from NBA commissioner Adam Silver. I did. Hmm. You know That's what cool. that email said? What's that? It said, hello, NBA fans. We thank you for being part of the NBA this season, and we can't wait to kick off yada, 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 something like that. Oh, I thought he was yeah. asking you to be commish. Hey, he could have. Yeah. You know, Tony J probably will be one day. Right. He did, you know, he, he sent out that email. He sent it out to all NBA fans, anybody who subscribes to NBA.com. And it was all this, you know, I didn't start. I didn't save it. I didn't screenshot it. It was all this, you know, mumbo jump, but it was something mm-hmm. where I heard from Adam Silver right. to start off the season. Right. And it's very personable. It's very open. It's very communicative of his intentions of the NBA season, how he can make it better, how he can improve the game. And Rob Manfred, you know, when the last time I heard about him, I think it was his opening email. <laughs> Hello, I'm the new commissioner of Major League Baseball, Rob Manfred. That was in like 2016. <laughs> it's everything. It's just Terrible public relations with fans. Major League Baseball does a terrible job relating to fans and what they really want. It's just, it it enrages me because baseball is so close to my heart. To see it be managed this way is just brutal. It's just brutal. You have to, if anything, just have awareness of Sunday. One thing that I guess I want to ask you about is do you think they're trying to cater to their younger crowd? Because. You know, I'm not going to – I wouldn't stay up and watch an award show. I think that's more of like the peop, you know, the older crowd that will watch TV. I wouldn't watch an award show. I didn't even watch – I don't, watch, really, I don't really watch award shows either, right. to be honest with you. I don't watch the ESPYs or anything like that. That's because we're – and I, and I think that's a generational thing. I just got better things going on <laughs> to so, sit there and watch right. an award show for three hours. So do you think that's why they're doing this Twitter thing is they're trying to be more like appealing to the younger crowd and be like, look, we're going to – we understand your time is valuable. Here's who, here's who won the Cy Young. So I could see that maybe yeah, in that sure. argument, but I still think there's something to having a legit award show one time. Or just, or just announce them all at the same time. Yeah, that too. <laughs> Here's what you're going to do. Okay. If you were going to release them like night by night like they're doing, which I think is a bad idea, but if that's what you're going to do, you know what it should be? It shouldn't be some graphic put together that you can tweet out pictures. Here's the AL reliever of the year, mm-hmm. and here's the NL reliever of the year. Why don't you get Trevor Hoffman to make a video or something like that? Get a film on him. Get a camera in his face and have him say, here is the reliever of the year award winner. Get somebody who, get it in video format so someone can watch it and start to comprehend it instead of just another graphic that looks like the same one that MLB Bleacher Report tweeted out, that looks like the same one the score tweeted out, that looks like the same one the teams tweeted out, that looks like the same one the players tweeted out. You have to be a, more different and more catering to the fans of attention because it's ever fleeting in this day and age. In 2021, no one's sticking around to pay attention to this type of stuff the way that they're doing it. It's just a complete mishandling. Here's the other thing that I don't understand either in, in, in terms of their award schedule. So between the Silver Slugger and the Rookie of the Year, there's a four-day gap. <laughs> yeah. Then between Rookie of the Year, Manager of the Year, Cy Young, and MVP, they're all a day apart. Yep. And then between MVP and all M- MLB team is a five-day gap. Which is weird. Like, why would they not do it, you know, if they're, if they're going to space it out, then do it every other day. Or, or just one day in a row. Why do they have to have, like, four days in between Silver Slugger and Rookie of the Year and five days between MVP and, and All-MLB team? That's here's, so weird. Here's the thing, Well, All those dates you just mentioned, it doesn't make any sense to me either. I'm not working against you, but just for reasoning for your question, 
all those days are days of the week, Monday through Friday. That's so weird. But why the gold glove is released on a Sunday, I will never know. <laughs> I will just never know. A lot like of questions. I said, it's a complete mishandling. It's just a botchery. So whoever you know works for the MLB PR team and is an avid listener of the show, please reach out. We should. We're an avid listener of the show. Yeah, yeah, the millions of people we have around the world. We should be. Yeah. We would do a better job at PR for Major League Baseball. We absolutely would. You give us a staff. A camera. A camera. You give us access to so, – I mean, how about how about – here's another great idea. Liam Hendricks won the reliever of the year in the AL. Josh Hader won it in the NL. You get a camera on Josh Hader's face yeah. saying, here's the AL reliever of the year. Liam Hendricks. And then you get a camera on Liam Hendricks' face saying, here's the NL reliever of the year, Josh Hader. You know, people might catch on to that, so you can't do that every year. Like, right. Because then Liam Hendricks would think, oh, I'm going to win the, the reliever of the year award, and I'm just going to say it to – I don't know how, the, how it gets released to them or mentioned to them, but you get a camera on their face and say, here's the NL reliever of the year, but I'm, you know, have them do something entertaining, and then say, here's Josh Hader. There's something better than this, long story short. Got to be. <laughs> it's a complete botchery. Man, this isn't 2005. You right. need to come up with something different. At least, sport I love is just mishandling how they yeah. do everything, their public relations. At least do a, a video or something, which maybe I bet you they'll do something for MVP. Yeah. But I can't imagine what they'll do. If they're, that, if they're this bad at everything else, I don't know how bad they're going to be at everything else. So we'll leave it there. I gave my mouthful to Major League Baseball. we got to get to Tony G's Picks of the Week or else this is going to be a three-hour episode. Mm-hmm. Tony G's Picks of the Week. One twelve out of my last 13. Let's see if I can keep it going. Twenty six and twenty one. That is my record this season. Ninety seven and sixty seven. That is my overall record stretching all the way back. To season one, I am three wins away from 100 wins. Well, you know how you know how much the number 100 means to mm-hmm. the Tony G Show. So that'd be cool if I could do it this week. Let's try to do that. 12 out of my last 13 hot streak coming into this week. Here are my picks. Thursday night football tonight. Ravens 6-2. Head to Miami to play the Dolphins, who are 2-7. Tough one. Tough one. Ravens only favored oh. by 7.5 points. Take the upset. <laughs> <laughs> I should. Here's the thing, Well, you say take the upset. The Dolphins have been outscored 137-16 to 16 in the last three games they've played Baltimore. Woo. Yeah, let's make it fair. 2019 Lamar versus this year Lamar. Lamar, 65% completion percentage this year, 64.3 last year. 276 yards per game this year, 226 last year. He's only getting better, too. Mm-hmm. Hey, hey, I made the MVP case for Kyler Murray. How about Lamar Jackson? I say Ravens get the win 38-7. Pretty strong win this this Thursday night. Here's the thing. Well, you know I do Sunday afternoon. I do Sunday noon games, Sunday afternoon, Sunday night. I'm going to go two Sunday noon games because the afternoon mm-hmm. games don't entice me. All right. Two like Sunday that. noon games. You ready? <laughs> First one, Saints 5-3 and three at Titans 7-2. and two. Titans are favored by three points. Titans impressed me last week. I said, you know, they might not get the win. They might. We're going to see who they really are without Derrick Henry. They That's impressed me with one. the win. Last week against the Rams, you know I like to pick the tough ones. Saints don't have Jameis, though. Their quarterback position is just up in the air. They have a good defense. I say Titans get the win since they're at home 24-14, maybe 24-17, maybe 24-20. Titans are going to get the win regardless. 
My next Sunday noon game. Browns five and four. Patriots five and four. Patriots are favored by a point and a half. Well, Mac Jones to me has struggled this year. Hasn't been the most impressive. Remember how I made the argument on Tuesday. I'm all in on Baker Mayfield in Cleveland. Here's the thing. The Cleveland Browns have allowed 310 yards per game this season. The fewest in their history since 1994. You know who was the head coach back then? Bill Belichick. Mm. Who they're going to head to New England and play. I say Browns, just like last week. I picked the Browns as underdogs going into Cincinnati and winning as an upset. I say they're going to do the same thing. Go into New England. Ooh. Underdogs yeah. and get the win. Browns, Sunday noon. Sunday night. Remember, no afternoon game. There are afternoon games on the schedule. I'm just not picking them. They didn't entice me. Sunday noon. Or excuse me. Here we go. Now I'm messing everything up. Sunday night. Chiefs 5-4. and four, Head to Las Vegas to play the Raiders 5-3. and three. This is a mm. tough one. Because you know the Chiefs aren't that good. You know the Raiders have just been... Uh, underachieving. Well, not even underachieving. It's just they have dealt with the kitchen sink in terms of drama this year. Yeah. Everything that has gone wrong, everything that could go wrong yeah. has gone wrong. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. The Raiders are just a tumultuous organization right now that has to weed and wave through everything they have. Seems like that every season, to be honest. But It does, kind of. But especially this year, no John Gruden, no Henry Ruggs. I mean, everything else, literally. What else could go wrong? <laughs> Don't even ask. <laughs> I say, you know what else could go wrong? Sunday night, Chiefs, they're going to head in, win an ugly one, 21 mm. That's yeah. what's going to go wrong for the Raiders. You see what I did there? Mm-hmm. Okay. Monday night football, Rams 7-2, and two, head to San Francisco. Head to San Francisco to play the 3-5 and five 49ers. Remember how the 49ers suck at home? Haven't won in San Francisco since 2019. They're 0-4 this season. Not to mention the Rams. Came off a tough loss. Didn't really show in that yeah. Sunday night victory against the Titans. They're going to work fire. with some kinks. And they always do because following a loss, the Rams are 16-5 and with a 175-point differential under Sean McVay. Yeah. This is going to be all Rams Monday night. Strong showing 35-18 in San Francisco. That losing streak at home will continue for the 49ers. Ravens, Titans, Browns, Chiefs, Rams. Those are my Tony G picks of the week. I like it. And on that note, this episode will come to a close. Check out that Gary Gresh interview. Check out Olivia DeClean next week. Check out Jason Fonder in the Thanksgiving episode, Thanksgiving week. Not to mention, very genuine Mm in the Tony G Show. Very genuine. Thank you to the veterans on Veterans Day, our Veterans Day episode on the Tony G Show. That is it. That's Will McCormick. I'm Tony G. This has been the Tony G Show. 18 episodes in the books. We just keep rolling on the Tony G Show. Thanks for listening to the Tony G Show. Support the show on social media on Twitter and Instagram. Also, make sure to subscribe and comment on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. 